Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. We judge other actions, little things. We just—it's like it's like any little thing that is brought up in our in our news. Everybody jumps on, and it's just this ugly mess, ugly mess. I would encourage you to not look at those things, and certainly not partake in them, because there is one judge, and he knows all things. God knows all things. We don't have all of the information, and how are we to look at somebody else's life and say? You know, and, and we start pointing the fingers. We must be very careful. Welcome to this edition of Truth in Christ. We are not to judge others. Today on Truth in Christ, Pastor Rob teaches us in the remainder of James chapter 4 on judging others and how we must avoid this. Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 6 verse 37, Judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. As followers of Jesus Christ, we should always remember that there is only one lawmaker and one judge, and that's our Heavenly Father. God knows everything in advance, so we must rely on His judgment for everything. Let's listen to Pastor Rob as he explores this important truth. And the message this morning is, there is only one judge. Only one judge. Let's read this short passage. It's just uh, seven verses. James chapter 4, verse 11, it says, Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. And he who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a place, city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. Therefore... To him who knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. Father, we do pray, Lord, for this morning. We pray, that, Lord, that, um, Lord, your truth would just shine through this, Father. And, Lord, that you would prick our heart, Father, in this context this morning. And so, Lord, have your way and comfort us where we need to be comforted and, and chasten us where you need to chasten us. Lord, we know that it is all for are good, Lord, because you're a good father. And so, Lord, we just uh, rely upon you now. In Jesus' name, amen. 
You know, when we think of judging, we live in a, in a, in a society uh, that is filled with judges. And I'm reminded of that whenever, I, whenever I'm online. And, and sorry if I'm harping on this, but it needs to be harped on <laughs> because it doesn't seem to be getting any better. And it's not just you, perhaps. You may not have a problem with sharing your thoughts online. But, you know, as you visit any website or look at any article, and if you're unfortunate enough to scroll to the bottom, you see comments of people. And they, it's just like we have no conscience when we get that device in our hands. We just say whatever we want, and, 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 and many do. And you're like, I can't believe that they said that. What horrible thing to say. But we hide behind that, that, those, those things. We hide behind social media, and we allow ourselves to be just nasty. And we can be judges. We judge other actions, little things. We just, it's, like, it's like any little thing that is brought up in our, in our news, everybody jumps on, and it's just this ugly mess, ugly mess. I would encourage you to not look at those things and certainly not partake in them because there is one judge, and he knows all things. God knows all things. We don't have all of the information. And how are we to look at somebody else's life and say, you know, and we start pointing the fingers. We must be very careful. I found in my own life that when I do that, it's because I don't know all the information. And there's been many times in my life where I've made a judgment on something or someone, and, and I get really angry, and I get really frustrated, and I get really heated. And then later on, I find that I didn't have all the information. And boy, that one piece of information changed everything. And all of a sudden, I felt like a real fool. Have you ever felt that way? Has it ever happened to you? Raise of hands. Has that ever happened? Oh, good. We're so alike. For better or worse, right? But it's important. In verse 11, James, the half-brother of Jesus, says, Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. And he who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. And we've already looked at that. But I want you to look at something really interesting, this idea of speaking evil. This really means slander. In fact, in the, um, in the Bible, when it says evil speaking, it literally means this. It, it, it means to be a traducer or a slanderer, someone who criminates. And when you look at that and, and you, you see that, it's, uh, it ought to remind us of something. And we're going to get to that in just a moment. But you know, when we speak evil of somebody, whether even if it's true, and that's the hardest for us, even when it's very true, there may be something and you're like, you know, and you just, it, it may be true, but is it right for you to let it go and to make it vocal? It's better to hide it in your heart and let the Lord deal with you than to put it out there and speak evil of someone or something. Again, because we don't know all the details, and, and we, we can't understand it. And we in the Christian church, this is so important for us today, because God has given us such grace and such liberty. But I fear that sometimes, and I know this is true for myself, with my liberty and with my forgiveness and the security that I have in my assurance of my salvation, I get a little too comfortable, and I get a little too lippy, <laughs> and I find myself speaking a little too quickly, a little too out of turn often. And I don't know if that is true in your life, but it is for me. And Peter was like that. The Apostle Peter was very much like that, and that's why I often associate myself with Peter. Because sometimes I just can't 
keep my mouth quiet. And I'm learning. And as the Holy Spirit is growing me and as he's growing you, you'll find that when before you had let it out there and just some damaging word, now you're kind of holding it back. And boy, that's a, that's a mature thing. As we, as we looked at in James just the other, night, other uh, week, you know, if we don't bridle our tongue, our religion is fruitless, right? It's meaningless if we can't bridle our own tongue. So very important that we do that. And there's something so community about it, too, evil speaking. You know, men, if you're in, a, in the workplace and you're standing around the coffee pot and everyone's talking about politics, everyone's talking about what this person said, what that person said, and there's something community about it. There's something that is exciting to be a part of something that where you can vent your emotions and your passion and your opinion. Because so often we don't get to share our opinion unless you got a Twitter account or a Facebook account, you know. And so it, it really is important that we're very careful about this idea of speaking. But when we speak evil of someone, it is the same as murder. In fact, Jesus, uh, and actually in the Bible, in Exodus chapter 20, it says this, You shall not murder. You shall not murder. Now, most of us have not murdered a person in this room. There's only a few that I know who have. And, uh, and I'm going to have them stand right now. No. There's only, you know, when it says you shall not murder, that's obviously a physical murder. But Jesus had something to say about that. When we, we'll get to that in just a moment. But in Exodus chapter 20, verse 16, he also said, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. That's speaking evil. That's slandering your neighbor. And how often are we guilty of that? I am guilty of that. It's something that we have to take a, a really good look at. But in Matthew chapter 5, verse 21, Jesus said this. And he's quoting and bringing them back to this very passage in Exodus. He says, You have heard that it was said of those, to those of old, You shall not murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, You fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. And you think about that, and how often have we said even worse things? I know I have, and I'm so glad that I'm forgiven. And when I do those things, I, I, I do. I, the Lord gets me every time. He's like, what are you saying? You really mean that? Yeah, Lord, I really meant it. <laughs> but if we say, if we slander our neighbor, if we slander one another, then what we are doing is murdering from Jesus' perspective, right? And that's a serious deal. It's a serious deal. You know, the Lord was so good about pointing out the very physical things, the things that we're all aware of. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, all these external things. And then in, in the um, Sermon on the Mount, or in the, in the Beatitudes here, he turns it right around and gets it internal. All those other things are external. But he's like, it was said before, but now I say unto you, if you even look on a woman with lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery with her. And that's what the Bible says. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 through 3, it says this, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy and envy, and all evil speaking, it's the same exact word that we were looking at before that talks about slander. As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Have you tasted that the Lord is gracious? Have you tasted and seen that the Lord is good to you? 
And if he's good to us, how ought we to be with others, with other brothers and sisters? You know, some churches are torn apart by slander. Remember before, a couple weeks ago, it might have even been last week, I think, but loose lips sink ships. It was an old phrase back in World War II. If we don't keep these things under control, we hurt so many people. And just one word can harm somebody so deeply that they'll never talk to you again. Isn't that amazing? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Oh, names do so much more damage than, than a stick. You can break my bone, I can heal. But boy, a word I can have harboring in my heart forever. And die with that, still, that anger still in my heart. You know how many people die in this country every year? Every day. And they still have this unforgiveness in their heart. There's somebody in their family they haven't told that they love and never asked for forgiveness for something in the past. And yet it festers and festers and they don't talk to each other. Weeks turn into months. Months turn into years. Years turn into decades. And before long, you're on your deathbed and you breathe your last and you go to your eternity with that rotten heart and how God wants to deliver us, especially the church of God. Because he owns us, and he's got a stake in our heart, meaning he's got his Holy Spirit. If you're a child of God, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. But if the Holy Spirit is not in you, you are no Christian. You're not a child of God. That's what Jesus said. So it's important that we have this relationship, this, the Holy Spirit of God indwelling us. There's no going to heaven without it. So important. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Finally, in all, all of you be of one mind, Peter says, having compassion for one another and love as brothers, and be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. And he who would live life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit, and let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Are you seeking peace? Are you pursuing it? Or have we become lazy? I know I can. It's so easy in the Christian life just to get on autopilot. Get out of the autopilot. Get your hands back on the wheel and flip the switch and, and get back into it and be thoughtful and, and, and consider these things. Verse 12, he says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And that's true for the non-Christian and for the Christian. And you know what? We have the ability to grieve the Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul said this to the Ephesians. In verse 25, he said, Therefore, put away all lying, and let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are all members of one another, and be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. And boy, that is so important And if you have a, um, a spouse. Have you gone to bed and you're angry with one another? <laughs> or have you gone to bed and you've got this problem with one of your, one of your kids? And you're just kind of like in your corner and you're just like angry. So important to try and get that right before you put your head on the pillow. Because people are important. The people you love are very important to you. They're the only ones who truly know you and love you unconditionally. Sometimes. Hmm. God loves you unconditionally. But in verse 27, he says, Nor give place to the devil. 
Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. And let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And, to, and, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do you know you can grieve him? We can grieve him by slandering one another or slandering somebody else, slandering a politician. And there's a lot of that happening today. There is. I feel so bad for Brett Kavanaugh. Sounds like a really good man. You know, comparatively, you know, he sounds like a really good man, and yet people were willing to kill him. And think of the rotten heart, the heart that just judges and says, who's judging the judge, right? We can get so nasty, and God is saying, I've given you a higher calling. I've given you a greater purpose for your life. Will you use your heart and your mouth and everything, everything that I've given you, use it for good. We need to do that. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, verse 30, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And here it is, verse 31. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, there's our word again, be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Boy, that's something that we got to do more often is forgive, forgive, forgive. Jesus said, if you don't forgive others, you will not be forgiven. That's a really tough verse, and I don't claim to grasp it all, but I take it at face value. It's really important for us to forgive one another, as Christ has forgiven you. It's been said that the church is the only army in the world that shoots its own wounded. And this is a hard thing for us, right? Because it really causes us to look at ourselves and our own hearts. You know, turn with me to Matthew chapter 4. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 says this, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. To be tempted by the devil. And this word devil is... This word, I think, there it is. (laughs) This word devil means diabolos. And look at the, the definition of the word. It ought to remind us of speaking evil. Same, same definition, pretty much. A traducer, a false accuser, a slanderer. And so when we speak evil, we are playing right into the hand of the devil. We are being his mouthpiece. Because the only thing that's different about this noun is the verb that we just read, speaking evil or evil speaking. One's a noun, one's a verb, and they both mean the same thing. The devil's the one who's the slanderer, and yet we can use that same tongue and hurt other people. So how important is it? And we speak evil of things that we don't know much about. You know, I was thinking of, the again, the politicians. You know, right now it's just really, really bad. It's always been bad, but it's really bad now since President Trump has been elected. You may not agree with him, and that's okay. We may not agree with any politician, but we vote, we voice our opinion, and then let God do his work. Because the powers that be are ordered by him. He's the one who put him in power. Whether you like it or not, (laughs) that's the way it is. He's allowed it. He's allowed it. And so we need to get on our face and pray and say, Lord, save this man, him and his cabinet. But we speak evil of things that we know nothing about. In Second Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, Then the, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and how to reserve the unjust 
under punishment for the day of judgment, and especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. Notice, these are unbelievers. And they are, not, they are presumptuous, they're self-willed, they're not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. Whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. Even the angels are smart enough to know that they won't slander anything or anyone. But um, Paul exhorts Timothy in chapter 2. He says, Therefore I exhort first of all that all supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. And then he goes even a step further, for kings and for all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. And so it's really important that we do that. Instead of arguing, instead of complaining, instead of slandering, we ought to pray. We ought to pray. And Jude, another one of Jesus' half-brothers, don't you find it interesting that we have James and Jude the half-brothers of Jesus who gave their lives for him. What a testimony of the truth of who Jesus is, his character. And Jude, in uh, Jude chapter 1, verse 8, he, said, he says, speaking of unbelievers now, he says, likewise, also these dreamers, they defile the flesh, these unbelievers, they reject authority, they speak evil of dignitaries, and yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil when he disputed over the body of Moses. What did the devil want to do with the body of Moses? I am sure he wanted to set up a monument and have all the Christian church <laughs> worship it. Right? They would have set it up somewhere over there in Moab, and there'd be a big shrine, and we'd all you know, be tempted to go there. Not, not us. You know? We know that that's silly. We wouldn't do that. But there are some who would. And the devil wanted to set him up on an altar and say, look at this great man of God. Anything to get them away from Jesus. Focus on the man instead of focusing on God, right? So he's contending for the body of Moses. He dared not bring a railing accusation um, but says, the Lord rebuke you. Even Michael the archangel spoke, speaking to the devil, said, the Lord rebuke you. And that was all he had to say to him. He didn't log on to his Twitter account and go down at the bottom and make all kinds of comments. But these speak evil of whatever they do not know, and whatever they know naturally, like brute beasts. In these things they corrupt themselves. Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain, have run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit, and perish in the rebellion of Korah. And you know, if this is true of unbelievers, how much more do we need to obey that? So I'm driving that point home. You know, just be careful of our tongue and how we speak evil. And in the verse... In this verse 11, too, it speaks about judges. And when you think of the word judge, what do you think of? When I think of a judge, I think of somebody who has the authority to put the gavel down, who makes the final decision, the one who is able to, to place a sentence to condemn. And as we see, saw earlier, there is only one who has that right because he has all knowledge. And see, when we judge people, we, we, can, we can look at them and we can judge their motives. They do something and we immediately pigeonhole them. We stick them in a box that we've created in our mind. Well, this person is this. This person is that. They're just doing this because of this. And we've got our boxes. And we pigeonhole everybody that we encounter into one of those holes. And it's almost as if they can't get out of those holes once we've placed them there. We always remember that they're in that box because they did this or they said this. And yet we don't know all the information, so quick we are to pigeonhole. And God is saying, you don't even know why they did what they did. 
Has this ever occurred to you when you judge somebody? Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of James. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office for ordering details. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio or sanctuary messages in MP3 format, free of charge, from the resources link. You can also listen to these messages on your mobile device by going to Calvary Chapel of Rochester on Google Play or Apple Podcast. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until the same time on Monday, this has been Truth in Christ.